The secret to health, to many people nowadays, you could think it's having a fancy car. It could be, you know, goji berries or acerol or no, it's this new Brazilian thing found in the Ecuadorial rainforest. But in our experience, the secret to health is that we're all a product of our environment and we're all a product of the people we spend most amount of time. And in essence, the main selfish reason why we started The Happy Pair was to create this environment that forced us to live a healthier, happier life. We've created a Happy Pair app, which is essentially the whole environment in a digital space. The whole purpose is to support you in becoming healthier and happier and become a more vibrant version of yourself. It's pretty much me and Steve living in your pocket as health guides, really, because um, that's what we're here to do is to support you in transforming your life and holding you accountable and supporting you in making the changes. And it's not just me and Dave. We've partnered with many different medical professionals from gastroenterologists, gynecologists, neurologists, cardiologists, psychologist and much more to try to explain to you the science as to why simple lifestyle practice can have such a beneficial aspect to your health we've got hundreds of plant plant-based recipes there's yogas there's workouts there's meditations there's breath work there's all our courses are in there there's a whole community and tribe within there and there's tons of lives every week we've got lots What's of lives? different lives. lives live events so this morning i did a rise and shine which was a breath work and a gentle stretch for 20 minutes and right now we're doing a friends and family launch that's pretty cool dave had his best ever he had 15 people come no i had 20 yesterday wow david yeah. flynn that was exciting yeah anyway happy pair app it's out now it really will do to you what the happy pair has done for us it will support you in becoming healthier and happier it's available in the apple uh store the it's, app, apple app store it's available on the app store it's available in the app store and it's available in the google play store we've got a seven day free trial there's monthly and annual memberships and it really really is amazing we're so excited and we really hope you get the opportunity to help and support you the app is out october the 10th we have an early bird offer on for the first week which is 99 euro so if you're listening what's to this, the normal price normal price is 150 so you are saving 51 euro yeah Buy now, buy now, quick, That's quick, between quick. the 10th of October until the 17th and possibly bleeding into the 18th of October. So many years ago, we used to do competitive yoga. And I know that's quite strange, the idea of, of competitive yoga. But coming from competitive rugby, yoga, it was hard to lose that competitive edge. So Dave one time was able to do Marichasana C, then I was able to do it. Then we were able to do Marichasana D. And then we managed to sit in full lotus. And anyone who kind of forces it or rushes it can often develop knee problems. And particularly as a rugby player, we never had flexible hips. So we used to sit in full lotus till our knees literally, I don't think they quite popped, but we definitely had bad knees for a good number of years to the case where Stephen at one stage nearly, he, he had booked an operation but actually cancelled it. And back about five years ago, a friend, Tony Riddle, he said, lads, what are you doing wearing those cushioned big shoes? What are you doing? They've a narrow toe box. You're, you're, actual posture starts with your feet and he gave us pairs of Vivo barefoot shoes we didn't know anything about them didn't know what the hell a toe box didn't, was didn't know where we were but anyway we've worn them for five years we've had no knee problems since it like really I can't believe how incredible it's been for improving our own postures and our own movement uh, and, and that, again that, this is an anecdotal story this isn't to say by wearing these shoes you're going to fix your knees but in our experience it really helped our overall relationship with our body and how it connects to the earth and really Tony explained to us back when he first gave it to us that like when you do wear a cushion sole you are actually you're you're taking away a lot of the information. We've got the same amount of nerve endings in our feet as we do in our hands. And there's a huge amount of information and muscle building that happens when our feet. And obviously, like if you think about it, our knees and our hips and our spine are stacked on top of our feet. So if we get our foundation right, a bit like a house, if you've got a good solid foundation, it's a lot easier to get the walls straight and get the roof upright. Whereas if your foundation is odd, and Stephen can explain to attest to this with his treehouse building, when he gets his base wrong, it was a lot harder to build the walls because nothing was level. And then your roof certainly wasn't level. So now, 
have the tree. Ha- now your tree house is good, so I'm not having a jab. It's charming there. and wonky. But it, but even I always like this idea. So so if say you're jumping on a trampoline, the trampoline itself kind of gives it it bounces in relationship to you. Versus if you're jumping on a wooden floor, you have to be soft and flexible because the floor is really hard. And similarly, if you wear a cushion shoe, when you jump in, up and down or run in a cushion shoe, it's the cushion that absorbs the impact. Versus if you're wearing a, a minimal or barefoot shoe, when you run it, it's actually your body has to be more softer. So we found in, in the case of using barefoot shoes that our bodies are typically softer. So anyway, we've been wearing Vivo Barefoots for five years. Fantastic shoes. They're a regenerative shoe company. They use all sustainable ingredients. They're a B Corp company. So ingredients really, in their shoes. Oh, yes. uh, materials. Sorry, Stephen. Uh, they're really class. Our kids wear them. Our wives wear them. They're really, really, I, I couldn't say enough good about them. They've very generously offered a 20% discount for anyone that wants to try them. They've given a 100-day free trial, so you can get, send them back after 100 days. All you got to do is use the code HAPPYPAIR20 at the wherever you put the code in. Just go to VivoBarefoot.com. They've got a range of casual shoes, men's shoes, women's shoes, kids' really shoes. Cool. I love my hiking ones. I wear them down the farm. Yeah. So barefoot. anyway, if you're interested, fantastic shoes. Couldn't recommend them more. Go to VivoBarefoot.com and the code is HAPPYPAIR20 for 20% off. Sammy C. Welcome, Broseph. Thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> this is season. So well, 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 this is great fun because, uh, like, we spend so, I spend so much time with you. Uh, we spend so much time that it's it's funny to do this for real. Like, it yeah, feels just, nearly contrived. I feel like the little bit of the challenge will be uh, contextualizing the conversation because there's so much history already built up between us. Yeah, so. you know, yeah. and so many dinners and whatnot. So, yeah, so maybe let's start with, um, maybe start with how we met. Maybe there's a good one. Okay. Well, I met Steve O first down at the beach. I went, I got, so I moved to Ireland for uh, the first season of Vikings and um, found myself. Vikings is a TV, for anyone who doesn't know, it's a Netflix show called yes. Vikings Van- Valhalla and Sam's a legend in it. Yes, I play Leif Erikson in Vikings Valhalla and uh, I got cast and yeah, ended up uh, moving from uh, Australia at the time over to Ireland and found myself in this little sweet town called Greystones. And uh, I myself was just going for a little swim at sunrise. I was kind of jet lag. Um, and then I went down uh, and uh, all of a sudden there was like 50 people down at the beach. And I was super curious. And I met uh, Justin, who was on the podcast recently. He was like, oh, you should come down tomorrow. We come, we, we're, we're here every sunrise, every day. And we have a bit of a group in Australia on the Central Coast that goes swimming like every Tuesday or every Saturday. But every day, 365, rain, hail or shine. It was cool to see. And so I came down and you were in Donegal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And came down yeah, and met Steve-O, Raj. And Raj was there. Raj was really into it. Raj was like, the Aussie guy, come on, where are you? He started like calling Thor? me Thor yeah. before he even knew what I was doing. Yeah. And that was pretty funny. And then, uh, yeah, slowly but surely. Uh, actually, no, like four days later, we had the podcast club, a yeah. bit of a podcast. It was like a book club going on, but it was a podcast a week. And we were diving into, I think it was, uh, it could have been Elizabeth Gilbert or... It was John uh, Donahue, was it? No, it was Elizabeth Gilbert. No, we did John Black Her book, Black, Black Magic, but big, it was a podcast. It's a big deck, yeah. she did. Yeah. It was about creativity. Yeah, creativity, the muses living in the walls, and something that I'd listen to, because like Julia Cameron and, and, and Elizabeth Gilbert are like, yeah, I'm big fans of. And so... Um, it was easy to, you know, jump into conversation with that, although I hadn't listened to the podcast and, uh, that was kind of cool. And after the chat, Steve, I think was like, 
Great, you're choosing next week's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you chose you chose the you chose the lovely Aussie actor. The yeah, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Yeah. yeah, and uh, that was that was that was cool. And so the a week later, I was mediating the you podcast. Cracked group. open into the, into the immediately yeah. into the into the group. Yeah, and uh, then swims after swims, Sundays after Sundays. I was still shooting. I started shooting then. I was going through a fair bit in my heart at the time, and uh, and feeling a little homesick and was uh, yeah super grateful to find a home and a family over here and dave kept on inviting us over for breakfast especially on the sundays and then yeah a year or so later i was speaking at his wedding <laughs> <laughs> you did a poem wasn't it i, I wrote a poem it for the wedding poem, yeah yeah sam sam you were one of the opening acts of the wedding well i wouldn't say necessarily oh, the opening yeah. act, but during the ceremony i think mark sang a song and then there was something else and then sam yeah. did a poem yeah. which was beautiful a poem because yeah. sam kind of um i guess he's been here shooting over the last actually that's three kind years. of funny to talk about like uh the hugh jackman yeah daily designs thing oh that was, yeah yeah where you go yeah well from from that uh podcast we we saw that uh hugh jackman talks about these daily designs and uh he, he writes the day ahead as if he'd already lived it and we started sending a message to each other writing our daily designs to each other every morning every morning we'd write like and it was meant to be that you write um you write down your intention you write down your plan for the day like oh today i'm gonna have a i'm gonna be the best father i can be and i'm gonna work really well or whatever it might be yeah you know and that was kind of where we started writing it and then it became so ephemeral and and uh, uh spiritual and poetic and all that stuff it was really cool like it's written much more not from the past it's written from it's written almost from the past as though you've actually done it today i lived with gratitude today i was yes. a great father today i worked with and brought all the full of my being to that's work. definitely the intention of it and then me and dave ended up have you got one up oh i'll read some of them here <laughs> here go no, What's that ones or the... uh, uh, I tend to I tend to keep a record of some of them. Yeah. Like I write them in a note. Oh, so nice. so so these are like this is I'd say for a good year, me and Sam a text one of the first thing every morning, which is total bromance. But it was actually a really good habit because I love writing and Sam's a very good writer as well. Oh, so every morning as well as you. He's he's better, like he's really poetic. <laughs> he's a beauty he's got a very like and that's someone who's like I'm really into writing, but it's great to like both of us have been raised in our game and consistently yeah. on he wrote a good one, I'm gonna write an even better one. <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of case of this. And uh like they're quite cheesy and ephemeral, so you know, if you're not into this, get your puke bucket near. Yeah. Um like I th- I think I sent you one the other day, which is Wow, this one's pretty, pretty bad. Okay, maybe, maybe pick one. <laughs> pick one. Cheddar rather okay, than yeah. breathe, Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, today I welcome the magical depth in each moment, the expansive space that emerges with presence. I give my attention to the eternal rise and fall of my breath, breathing life into my body. I commit to freedom, freedom from the chains, the stories of who I think I am, freedom from the labels and fears. I am born anew in each moment, expansive, vast and connected. I commit to now to drop deep into the moment and not get lost in the trap of sacrificing now for a mythical better future. This is it now. The in and out of breath, the sensations, the awareness. I am a vessel for the magic of life to unfold. Thank you for this beautiful day. Yeah. And Boom. almost. That's yeah, very beautiful. good. It's hard to. Yeah. Almost, sorry, I can't make fun of that. It's beautiful. No, what, what's cool as well is like reading each other's back are like also affirmations again. Yeah. Like, like when I read that, uh, that, that, that was exactly what I needed to hear. Um, and uh, yeah, it was really What beautiful. a nice process. Or here, here was a good, like I've got them from way back. Like I really do. I've got a note here. You're with excited. Loads of, you, got, you got an even better one. No, like Sam, I'll give me a, a taste of one of Sam's ones. I think 
You all right with that, uh, Sam? But hang yeah, on, I'll find yeah. you good when you guys keep chatting. Okay. You, <laughs> you, can um, go, you can go deep and just pick a random one in WhatsApp. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. mind. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yes, yeah, yeah. so, so Daily Designs, that was a fun one. And I guess that was a way to connect both me and you to connect really mm. as a kind of, to see a deeper side of one another really. Mm. And um, yeah, I guess Sam comes for dinner most nights in our house and has yep. done when he's around and he's yeah. very much a part of the family, which yeah, has been yeah. a beautiful thing. So, yeah, so uh, one thing I'd love to like context for people. So you grew up in the central coast in yes. Terra. Terrigal and Avoca. Yes. Um, it's called Avoca, isn't it? Yeah, and the yeah, Avoca. It's so it's in the central coast. Do you want to tell people about where you came where you came yeah, from? Sure. You know, family, a bit of context, because people definitely want to know who's this handsome man and how did he <laughs> how did he grow up? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, I yeah. Uh grew up in this nice little acreage. Um about three acres. Dad built the house and it was finished like when I was one year old. And so it was like a real beautiful design that my mum's in love with Italy. And so she wanted it to be quite an Italian looking house. And dad's been a builder uh, since he was a young guy. So yeah, he pretty much built the house with his own two hands. Beautiful house. It's a beautiful home. And uh, yeah, that was like uh, about five minutes from the beach on the central coast. And my mum, uh, she was managed dad's business as a carpenter, um, dad being the carpenter. And uh, uh, then she was mostly a mum growing up and then soon became a, a therapist and a bit of a writer herself. And uh, then I had a little sister and an older brother who mean the world to me. My brother ended up getting really deep into sports. Um, he was like like playing off plus two golfing. That's he, really good for any reason. That's really, really yeah. good. He Benny, went, good he went to school with Jason Day up in, in Bow Desert in Queensland. He ended up going to boarding school for it where they were doing like two days, uh, full day school, three days, half day school, half day golf. And so he was like full on into that. And that was actually a really cool like experience for me to observe because like he was speaking to sports psychologists, he was listening to Tony Robbins and all these things. And so I got to pick up that second hand, which was really beautiful. And then my mum, she was also, she uh, battled cancer three times while I was growing up. And each, each time she battled, so it was thyroid, breast, then bowel, um, she was opening up a new world within herself uh, for, for healing um, uh, on both a physical plane and a soulful spiritual plane as well. Cause she, she's been through a big journey through her life. Um, uh, and she's writing that her memoir right now, actually. But yeah, each, each kind of phase, like whether it be the first one, I was about 12 years old. She dived into the secret and all the law of attraction and all that stuff and gave me the teenage version of that. And that was like pretty magical. Um, there was a lot of different instances where I was like, I kept a photo album and put things in it. And then so they, of what you wanted to attract, what I wanted to attract. And sure enough, they were happening. That was pretty cool. And so, and then she was also so getting at a pretty young age. You were kind of almost being a conscious know, creator. Yeah. Like learning this, this art. That's yeah. something that you practice to this day. Absolutely. And yeah, yeah, for sure. Because as someone who spends lots of time, you're very good at that. Like you really are, you know, like Sam's 26, we're 42, the 16 years between us yet. There's a very kindred spirit and I can certainly see see myself and you like, and it's vice versa. Yeah. There's a, a, you know, a, 
And I definitely acknowledge that you're very good at bringing things into reality and go, geez, good on you, Sam. Oh. It's definitely been inspiring. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was, it was quite an interesting thing to play with. And then also she, she had Reiki healers in as well. And so I was getting involved into like uh, getting secondhand all of that. And then during the, her uh, breast cancer, that was a, a really uh, hard time for the fam. Um, and uh, that, uh, yeah, that took her down like a, she wanted to help people go through what she was going through because she went to this amazing retreat down in Barrel uh, for people going through what she was going through and, and she was like, uh, that that makes me feel on purpose to, to help people go through what I'm going through. And also, I think being there for us kids was always a big purpose for her to push through as well. And um, through that... Uh, uh, yeah, she started studying ther- therapy and I got secondhand all of, all of that wisdom and like some of my quotes that I still like can recall and write down all the time are, are from that period of my life when I was about 16 um, and really gave me a lot of perspective on the human condition. I think also like having mum, you know, nearly die three times gave us a lot of perspective. Like we'd come back to school and, you know, the drama that may have been epic for everyone else or the thrills that may have been epic for everyone else were like, you know, nothing compared to getting to wake up and go give mum a hug in bed. You know, that was like, that was the thrill and that was the, uh, that's all we wanted, you know. And, Almost uh, like it kept you super grounded. Super. Like you made know. you appreciate the absolute simple things. And in was life. Benny away at that time when Benny came back for a, a lot of that? Um, he he was uh, he was amazing in a way that I, I wasn't as present or able for some reason. I, I don't know. I, I struggled through that. Um, uh, you know, I, I went on exchange when she got diagnosed with breast cancer. And so I was over in the States and Skyping her every day for three months and, you know, slowly seeing the hair go away and dad shaved his head. And um, and then I came back home and she had a second uh, round of chemo um, that really knocked the wind out of her, you know. And uh, I like... I, I like I remember seeing dad and my brother carrying her to the bathroom to the shower and I just like struggled to even stand watching it you know like stand up watching it and so I yeah that that was a pretty rough period pretty rough period but yeah mum's an absolute trooper and like you know you get given steroids the day after you have chemo and so like usually the day after she was like swimming or trying to make the most of having this like artificial energy and then like the next day out like a lot but um that gave us all of us a certain uh level of perspective and and love for one another and need for one another the necessity of family was definitely grounded in those moments um and we also traveled a lot um which gave us a lot of perspective as well as a family unit. Um, but yeah, that gestalt therapy seed kind of gifted me with a lot of, uh, you know, practical wisdom. And then... Um, and that was your mum was doing lots of that. So you yeah. were practicing on you. Well, yeah. And then and she's continued to study that while I was in, um, in WAPA. So I went to drama school after high school. But maybe, um, okay, so just to give a context, okay, so there's a bit of the background and then how did, did, 
like you played rugby and you're into sport. Yeah. <laughs> and then like we played rugby and we're into sport. Drama and acting was never on our radar at all because no. we were jocks. Yeah. And like you look like a jock, you know, you built <laughs> like a jock. How did you make that shift? Obviously you had these influences. You have a very close connection with your mom and you're very mm. empathetic and sensitive. But there isn't a natural, like all the rugby players we know, also, I don't know any of them transitioned into also becoming actors. Like, like you have a beautiful balance between masculine and feminine within yourself. Oh, and I geez. think that's part of the reason how you could shift from rugby, which is this. Mm. Whereas we maybe, we didn't, we were in a family of all boys and all boys school. So the masculine was really strong mm. in us. Yeah, having a, cultivated a the little feminine. sister, I would every decision I'd make would, was having her thoughts in my mind. I always wanted to be the cool older brother. Um, but uh, yeah, I uh, I used to have to give speeches at assembly for rugby. Um, I was captain. Of, like the, the war cry, come on, we're going to win. Like no, no, no it was more like, yeah, on the weekend, the boys went well, you know. Uh, you know, and just giving the update, the kind of the, the rundown on the, on the last game. And I used to get so nervous, like sweaty palms, shaky voice. and That was in front of the school. Like, in front of school. And, and good practice. Yeah. We played rugby at the weekend. Billy That's scored it. a try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. And uh, I said, like, uh, my, my mom and uh, uh, it was just like, well, just practice being in front of people, do drama, like, try that out, you know? And so that was like my first foot into doing stuff like that. And it was almost ironic that he got better at talking about rugby. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and built, like, just because I, I saw my brother, he went from high school and ended up working in Club Med in hospitality. And he was just such a, so amazing on the microphone and was able to learn those skills just by diving in the deep end and so i was attempting to dive into the deep end and uh just like fell in love you know uh i had an amazing english teacher and he really like would describe poetry and shakespeare in such a beautiful way that like you know in a in a class full of lads who play footy like you could hear a pin drop still you know and so Mr. Cooper was definitely a big seed for me. And then going into drama and saying these poems or saying a monologue or and really embodying a life I have not yet lived, I, I won't have the opportunity to live, was, a, was something I was super fascinated with. I was always fascinated with, you know, the idea that there are so many ways to live life, you know. And I didn't know what I wanted to do when I grew up. And so the capacity to do all of it was exciting. <laughs> like, even if it's you. like dipping, dipping your toe in everything. Yeah. Wow. It's a nice way of thinking about it. Yeah. I never thought. I, I've got one of the, so I was digging out these, back, going back to these daily designs. Uh, I've got one here that uh, Sam would have written from the start. Uh, and this would have been, remember we used to rate them. Like you'd rate yourself oh, yeah. on the day, like you'd rate yourself today. I give myself 7.5 for yesterday. Yeah. So this one here, so this is Sam said, I give myself 7.5 for yesterday and I'm grateful for the expansive day. Today I'm the personification of grace and ease. I welcome the dance of danger. I welcome the light of God. I welcome the safari of experience. I let my care open new doors. I allow my truth to elevate me. I connect to my inner knowing. And trust that the universe has greater things in store for me and wants my triumphs, yearns for my evolution. Today, I welcome the symbol of exploration, leadership and grace as Leif Erikson coursed through my veins. I reach a new level of, in my artistry. I reach a new level in my connection with those I love. Today, on set, I am honorable with, with blah, blah, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, you mm. get the idea. Beautiful. Oh, cool. Well done, Brosif. Nice. Beautiful. <laughs> Very good. Uh, Okay. Okay. So, 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 so you you started into drama. You'd kind of yeah. gone from jock and into drama, and you yeah. went to WAPA. Yeah. Well, Eastern, after, after, Western. 
Yeah, Western w- Australian Wapa meaning good looking in Spanish. <laughs> no, Wapa. No, no. Wapa. The Western Female. Australian mm. Academy of Performing Arts. Yeah, I I still didn't know what I wanted to do after school. And I, again, mum said, well, why don't you audition for the drama schools and see how you go? And ended up having a gap year. I worked for dad doing carpentry for a year. Um, and that was like a bit of like the bow and arrow. It pulled me back because I didn't particularly want to be there. <laughs> and then I uh, got shot into... Um, Whopper, which was just like good a, analogy the bow and arrow yeah <laughs> pulled you back it was like definitely i don't want to be doing this yeah i wasn't sure if it was right for me this is helping your dad be a chippy yeah a yeah yeah um and then like you know often when you're kind of pulled back in life in any circumstance it's only deepening your potential and you know making making more specific your target for then you know, to action forward. to take place. See, that's such an amazing perspective, which is probably only possible retrospectively. You know, in the moment, it's difficult to know, like when you're deep down in the dumps mm. and kind of going, I hate what I'm doing, I hate what I'm doing. Mm. It's hard to know that, woohoo, I'm waiting for this bow and arrow to kick in and me to be <laughs> yeah. catapulted forward. Yeah, I always like message my mates that analogy and I say like the archer's hands are slowly slipping, so be ready, you know, whenever you're in the dumps, trust, it's going to flow. That's the, the eb- such a good analogy. Yeah, the ebbs need to happen for the flow to happen yeah but then yeah got into whopper which was like there was uh, a few thousand or i don't know over a thousand people apply and 18 get in nine boys nine girls and so like i remember i told my brother and he was like oh yeah and i was like oh uh, how do i contextualize this this is kind of like getting into the australian institute of sport like it's pretty cool <laughs> he's like oh sick <laughs> like, and you got in how did you pull yeah it? i got in it was just a, a shakespeare audition and I did a monologue Edmund from King Lear and then a, um, a contemporary contemporary monologue. I uh, did an Australian monologue and it was like, yeah, it was uh, an audition process and then you kind of jam with some of the teachers and directors and uh, of the courses and, yeah, was lucky enough to be one of the, one of the well done, Sam. nine fellas, yeah. And that was four years? That was three years. Oh, three years. Three yeah. years, nine to six, five days a week and... It was like it was obviously tough at times. It's like a microcosm of the world. You're in a group setting. Certain people play certain roles, and they change over the course of a year or even a week. But um, it was, it was such a beautiful experience. I found it. I started reading Eckhart Tolle at the start of that journey. I started doing the Artist Way at the start of that journey. Um, and I kind of really treated it like a time out from life to dive into everything I was interested in. And I think. Uh, each character that I had the opportunity to play while I was in drama school was also allowing me to explore a part of myself that I had not yet done so or neglected or, you know, and it kind of like my whole intention of those three years was to expand the domain within me so I can serve the best I can whenever a character comes my way. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. It's almost to bring a more wholeness, wholeness of person. Yeah, yeah, and that's being, that's something that I loved about acting is that like, you know, I can work on my heart, I can work on my voice, I can work on my body. Like it's such a holistic uh, expression. And and the irony there is almost like you were working on the internal, you know, your your internal world, whereas acting is typically perceived as you know the external world. You're acting to become famous or to become well known yeah. or to earn lots of money or whatever. Whereas, I guess you got lost in the the yeah. beauty of it for the transformation process of actually seeing yourself as yeah. these different characters. I think I was transformed by films when I was younger. You know, I was really 
uh, taken into those worlds as you guys are. <laughs> it's funny watching Dave with an iPhone in his hand and he's shaking while he's watching a TV show. Steve would be shaking and he'd be even worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'd, I'd get sucked in and like I think, uh, you know, we are such narrative-minded pe- like species. Like we, we, we think in stories. We think in archetypes when we watch a film in a cinema, it's not just the projection of the screen, uh, the, the image on the screen. It's we're seeing a projection of ourselves in each character and each character is revealing to us more about ourselves, whether it be, you know, seeing the anarchist that exists within the Joker or the hero that exists within Batman, you are both of them as you watch it and you get to like each film is like an experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Another way of looking at the world. Nice. And then, so you did the three years in Wapa. 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 Wapa, mate. Wapa. And, when, and you, did yeah, you kind of take to duck to water? Did you suddenly kind of leave your jock character behind and you were suddenly like this? Or were you secretly yeah. like, I am? Or were you like, was there resistance or was it you were, you were in? This is You it. were now an artist. In my path. Yeah. I'm on it. Well, actually, during that gap year before Wapa, I had this amazing, uh, I did an acting course and I met this guy, Les Chantry, and he was like, everything that I was fascinated about, I was able to explore through acting. And so, at that point i was i was drunk on this this bug called acting and i think i'm i'm really grateful that i came to it late that it wasn't like a purpose since i was like five or six because i feel like i got to live life and from the lived life i was able to you know come to it with a a different level of maturity that i you know perhaps when i was younger it may have been you know the hollywood dream that i was yearning for as opposed to you know, seeing the effect of art or, you know, uh, like even like when mum was going through a treatment, like she was watching Netflix all the time because that was, you know, entertainment, escapism, but also like elevated her and made her feel more joy. And so, yeah, it was like, it was cool to see the power of it. And so, yeah, I got, I certainly got drunk on it. And then, yeah, three years of that. And then, so, okay, so <laughs> most people, so... So Sam finishes WAPA uh, acting school and most people are kind of come out and they might fumble along finding jobs and kind of, you know, and build their career little by little over time. Yet El Sammy C comes out of WAPA and the L little did he know the arrow was put, the archer was pulling back the bow. <laughs> One kind of take you very, yeah. very tell close that story. to Hollywood. Tell that sure. story since you yeah, came out sure. and then what happened because it's been... Well, it literally took you to Hollywood. I'm very, very fortunate. Yeah, I, I, well, we were a year in, at WAPA where they were exploring doing a showcase in LA, and so we went over and chatted to some managers over there, and I was very uh, gratefully overwhelmed with interest from a fair few people there, and and this is after I'd chosen my management in Australia and was able to, um, yeah, end up with a incredible team that i'm so grateful for and then but but even their role back there now you're being very um you know unassuming there after you'd chosen your management because most people who come out of college don't choose their management most people come out of college and they you know they they aren't Mm. lucky enough to find a manager so obviously it must have Mm. there must have been loads of seeds of potential there because if you've got the capacity to make a choice you're obviously in a you know you've got a good hand yeah i trusted um like I could sense around me at the end of Whopper and, and if any Whopper students do end up watching this, like, uh, or any drama school, uh, like people, uh, watch this, like, uh, 
really just like sit in the experience of being at drama school in those last six months and and do what you feel like you need to do for you as opposed to you know start starting to worry and reach like I think I was just like confident that my work would talk for itself and gratefully it did and then having the conversations with uh, managers they they you know I knew the artist I wanted to be in the world um because I kind of continue to do work on myself in terms of, you know, the effect, the effect I want to have on the world as a human while I'm here. And so, yeah, that just allowed for, um, uh, yeah. And at that time, maybe, maybe yeah, I don't know how to speak about it. For I, I was going to even, even bring it back to maybe a more tangible uh, way of talking about it. it would be like, as you said, back when your mom first went through cancer, you kind of, she was into the secret and you had oh, a yeah. photo album and you had things. And I wonder at that stage, because really yeah. like, you know, what's happened since you've I left had, drama school to where you're I had a photo album saying like, I have an amazing team. I'm so stoked. I couldn't be more grateful. And that was like in the photo album before I had graduated. And would you look at it regularly and kind of think it and feel it as they say, or what would you? I don't know. It's kind of like, a, I don't know, like plant the seed and let the universe take care of itself. Feel the feeling and let the universe take care of it. Yeah. So focus on what you want, not how or when. Yeah. And would you look at the like the the photo album regularly, or was it not particularly? Like, it was no, kind of was like just, once it was there, it was like yeah, it was a cool seeds <laughs> in the ground. Cool, yeah, seeds. Good on your life. It's over to you. Yeah, and then yeah, after that, like I ended up going back to Australia and shooting a, a film there, The Dry with Eric Banner. Was that straight? But did, didn't did Sabrina happen first? No, no Sabrina okay. happened six weeks after that. Okay, so, so straight after, for... so straight finished uni. How long? What was the gap between finishing uni and starting The Dry? Uh, about a month or so I went with my family on a little trip and then yeah it was yeah very and, I'm very, uh, yeah, and straight into doing like and the dry was like a pretty big you know you had Eric Banner in it yeah. and you had some decent oh, I got received really well I think it didn't shy away from being fully Aussie I feel like a lot of like uh, films in Australia tend to try to internationalize itself but this one was like pure Aussie and it was really good to be part of I learned so much and uh, it was such a like couldn't ask for a better first experience of a film and then yeah six weeks later I was back at home I you know wasn't paid extremely handsomely through that and so I like I had like you know about 50 bucks in my bank mum was paying for my my gym membership and stuff and then Sabrina came along and that was an interesting experience. And Sabrina's not a person, in case you're wondering. What is Sabrina? Sabrina is The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. It's a TV show that I did in Vancouver, the Netflix series. And I played a character called Caliban, the Prince of Hell. Ooh! Yes. Uh -huh. With loads of abs. <laughs> yeah, yeah lots, of, lots of working out. Uh, but uh, yeah, that was, that's, that was a psycho experience. I like uh, got the audition on a Tuesday, taped it. And then this is just taped it at home, taped it with a friend in Sydney. So I was driving like an hour and a half to and from Sydney every time I kind of got an audition. And then, um, uh, I got asked to do it again, except more fun and light, which is like such a strange note to get for an actor because you're just like, what do you mean? Like, how can I just, yeah. Okay. Anyway, dived into it. couldn't find a reader and like a, a person to read with me. And so I ended up sticking the lead of the show's face on a mic stand and putting it next to the camera. And I edited the audio from the day before into the gaps that I left while I shot it. And I did two takes just back to back, just however it flowed. 
and I ended up sending them both off and yeah, got, uh, got, uh, I got a call, th- uh, Thursday. So you filmed it on the Tuesday and then refilmed on Wednesday. Yeah. Got a call Thursday. Can you be in Vancouver Friday? <laughs> yeah. So see, that, that's a me- that, That's like the dream. Like, it was that's, pretty wild. That's the dream. So and you, like, they're so going to fly fi- out. You got 50 bucks to your name. Your mom's playing a gym membership. You've come out of college. You're six months out of college. You've already got one gig, one good gig Couple, that was brilliant month, experience, yeah, yeah, yeah. didn't pay well. And then suddenly audition Tuesday, reshoot Wednesday. Will you fly to Vancouver on Thursday? And then you're yeah. in Vancouver on Monday. On no, I, I was there on Friday and I, I literally got off the plane. How the hell did you process that and even tell the family? It's like, I'm going to Vancouver tomorrow. Oh, I couldn't. I the, yeah, like, I couldn't. I, I hardly slept that night because I had to fill out visas and all this stuff. And I was just like, what is going on? And then like, also it was like the first time I ever flew business. And that was just the weirdest experience. Like you press exciting. the button and it like just keeps on going back. And you're like, oh, I can fully lay down. <laughs> 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 that was a big moment. <laughs> and so you're 22 then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, 20. Yeah. 22. Wow. 20. Yeah. 21. 21. And then, wow. uh, yeah, turned 22 while filming. And, uh, and how, long, how was that in Vancouver filming? Oh, like, it was part of a Netflix show and it's yeah, a big it in, production. Like, it wasn't, like, yeah. this is Hollywood. It was really cool. It was really cool. I mean, it was, uh, like, the the cast and the crew were just incredible humans and, like, it was so good to play in that world. It's such a fantasy show. So you, you had liberation to go a little wild. And that was really fun. And I, I learned a lot about, like, welcoming levity on 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 the job because i'd come from yeah i'd come from drama school and was very like do the work go deep you know and like i'm still kind of like that but um it was really nice to um yeah free myself up and just you know play around and uh that was a really beautiful experience yeah and that was a year was that six months or what was that that was 10 months that was a big that was a long slog too like you know usually you film a series over like five months or something and 10 months was a long time. We did two seasons pretty much back to back. Wow, so it yeah. was a big part. I remember we, we, we got to see a little bit of it. Yeah. I remember we were sitting up in Sarah's, well, yeah. Sarah's sister Lisa's couch, and you put it on. It was like, what is that? It was great fun. It was yeah. very, very well, amusing to see. That, and then that, that was also a cool experience. I was only meant to be in like two or three episodes, and then they asked me to be in 16 or so. Well, yeah. Didn't kill you off for a bit? No, yeah. Made it through. Married Sabrina. Did you? I did. Cool, How long man. that last? Uh, uh, Let's not spoil it. It's, yeah, a, yeah. It's, a, it's a big story. Yeah, 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 <laughs> it's a yeah, long okay, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apologies. That um, was a good one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So even, even going along chronologically, okay. So you finished Sabrina, you're now 22, 23. And then when did, how did this Irish chapter happen? Or how long did you get in between it even? Well, um, you know, as an actor, you're kind of always auditioning and, you know, I was I was a, a guest actor on um, on Sabrina, so I had the capacity that I could kind of, you know, you know, go off and do something else if if it, if it suited me, you know. And so I was auditioning during it, and I, I got like amazing, amazingly close to a lot of gigs that would have been amazing. Uh, but it just, uh, yeah. And, it, and this would be roles from your management in America or Australia. They would have Yeah, kind of they, they send you auditions. And so I was auditioning for roles while I was shooting Sabrina. And I, I uh, 
you know, would come close, but then not get it. And I was kind of, I was pretty in trust with the flow of things. And if it, if I didn't get it, it was meant to be. And how then, would you do, and disappointment? Did you like, was there moments that you, or did, was it just always this undying trust or how did you? I had an undying did, trust. I don't know how to articulate it. Yeah. yeah. I just like, uh, I'd f- faith, I guess. I don't know. Like uh, you, the one that you read talks about, uh, like it said, God, and I don't use that. I never use that word much, but I, I suppose it is big G, big G. Yeah, something that I, I I trust. There is a something that I trust, and um, God is the word that points to that. <laughs> mm. um, but uh, yeah, I I was never really disappointed. I was like, okay, well then that's not meant to be. Then the person that got it was meant to get it and meant to be the expression of that character. Um, and then, yeah, a few auditions later, uh, uh, Vikings came along and I got a buzz as soon as I got it. So I used to watch the show with my dad growing up. And uh, I just, just reading the script, I was like, I know this guy, I know this guy. And it felt really nice. And yeah, a week or so after that, I ended up chatting to- I love that. Can we, you and your dad sitting watching it together. And were you in Vancouver? Like, were you in Vancouver? I was in Vancouver at the time okay, shooting so Sabrina. still working. Yeah, yeah, still working. I, I did the audition with a with an actor named um, Richard Coyle and he plays Blackwood on Sabrina and he's just like, I, I wasn't able to work with him on Sabrina, but he's like, you know, West End royalty, you know? Wow. And- I wasn't able to do a scene with him there, but he helped me for this audition. I was like, I better pull my socks up for this one. You know, I don't want to waste his time. And so we did like two takes of each scene. It was just like groovy. Let's, let's send that, them off. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah, was very fortunate to get the call that the showrunner wants to chat. And the showrunner is Jeb Stewart. He wrote Die Hard and The Fugitive back in the day. And he's had an amazing career directing and writing. And um, this was kind of... You know, he'd done a series called The Liberator and this was his big show back, you know, on a stage. And a showrunner is like, it's above a director. I'm well, just trying to understand even the sense of what a showrunner is. Because show in my runner, head, runner means like going and getting teas and coffees. No, no, no. But, he, so, he runs the show. Okay, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So excuse <laughs> he's, like, he's like the head honcho writer that observes the goings on in every in every department in every department he's the man he's the man he's the man or the woman he's the man yeah, or the woman, the woman. Yeah, in this yeah. context it's a man yeah and he's um and we just had a really deep chat about like we weren't afraid to get vulnerable with each other and so i told him a bit about my life journey and was this done digitally or did you have to fly digitally to zoomed, okay, zoomed and then um uh well skype i think it was before zoom <laughs> uh and uh yeah, we got real vulnerable really quickly and, and and we felt a kinship for sure with each other. And then I got flown to Ireland to business test. Cl- business class? I think so, yeah. Oof, oh, he's getting Sam. used to it. He's getting <laughs> used to it. No, 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 no. no Ryanair for Sammy C. <laughs> no, I flew Ryanair recently. Uh, no. uh, yeah, and we did this. Uh, it's, called a, it's called a screen test. And so like you're testing with the other actors that might uh, also play you know, my sister, the other guy, you know, Harold, Freitas and uh, Leif. And we were all kind of jamming just the different combos. And yeah, myself, Frida Gustafson and Leo Suda were able to get these three roles. And But that's pretty amazing to go from like, you know, to come out of drama school and have six weeks, you know, thus far in your career, which has probably been four years you've had six weeks off, which is, you know, is a mm. complete, you were in the 1% of 1%, I would imagine, in terms That's of actors. six weeks where I didn't know what I was doing next, yeah. Yeah. Which, funnily enough, was 
you know, six of the, some of the most exciting weeks because each audition was a possibility, you know, and you get caught up in all these different worlds. And I, I think I got into acting for the variety of it, of constantly exploring different parts of myself. And to sign the piece of paper that said, yes, I'll lead this show and yes, I'll do it for six or seven seasons if it goes there, that was one of the scariest decisions ever. Because <laughs> it was like committing to a long-term relationship, yeah. like something serious. Yeah, and I've had trouble in that department too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I get, I get to see it because like, uh, like you still, like Vikings is kind of film, it's been filming for six months and then you typically have six months off. So you're auditioning for kind of stuff for the other six months and kind of going, oh, and, and I get to see how much, how animated you get about when there's a project coming and you go, oh, this role and I'm practicing, oh, and this is such a beautiful expression. I've been watching all these shows and it's like, it's amazing to see you get lost. It's like a kid kind of going, I found a new Maradona. I found this footballer who I think yeah, is just yeah. amazing. And I really want to learn this move. And it's, uh, you know, it's interesting to see how much you really dive into these things. Yeah, no, I love I love exploring uh, how how and how things are made and what's being made and why things are being made. Like, yeah, I, I, I get super excited when I watch the new films that are being made today. Yeah, and the series. Yeah. Okay, one, one thing I definitely want to talk about is, so you're 26, you're like a very, you know, you, you have friends of all ages, all walks of life, you know, from 70 down to, we met one of your best mates, Chris, who just came over from Australia. You know, you you managed to, you can talk, you can walk with kings and not lose your common touch and you can walk with a common man and be as common as everyone else. You've got like, you're a very, you know, you're a beautiful expression of human, really. And I just love to know kind of what are, what are things which you do to keep you grounded? Like, obviously we've covered your, some of your upbringing and you've got a very close relationship with your mother and your sister. So the they've Kelly kind of, Corla. Yeah. Kelly Big Cor shout out to Kelly Corla. Yeah. Uh, and Amelia. She listens. Uh, yeah. So, so, so it's kind of like you've had this natural kind of balance between masculine and feminine, which is beautiful because I've certainly learned a lot from spending a lot of time with you. Cause as Stephen said, we've had a more masculine upbringing, but you know, it's lovely to see how balanced you are between the two. And I wondered what are habits which you do to kind of keep you grounded or whatnot? Like, mm. and, and you mentioned kind of like your mom going through her kind of cancer therapies that kind of exposed you to the depths of life and the literature that she was reading kind of inspired you, but you've got a deep curiosity of spirituality. And I wonder mm. if you could talk about what you do on a daily basis or things that kind sure. of. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, yeah, circumstantially, a lot of those kind of behaviors come in as part of who you are, I guess. Um, but uh, my my practices, like, they, they evolve all the time. But I, I do love journaling since doing The Artist's Way. That has been such a touchstone of my life and, like, self-inquiry. And like I, I use that to either, like, a poem might come out or I might ask myself what am I most afraid about writing right now and really, like, you know, treat it as if I'm going to burn this journal at the end, you know, so I'm really seriously honest with myself and I find that so helpful. And then also like I have conversations with my characters in and through it, whether it's projection or not, it, it feels like real. To leave, like you yeah, I chat to Leaf or I chat to like relatives that have passed away. Like, and again, whether that's projection or not, I feel their presence when I write or allow them to write through me in a way. Um, and that's like a, a big practice in that sense and then yeah meditation has become a huge part of my life um started like you know dabbling in it with mum uh throughout throughout my childhood and then um yeah and then 
in drama during drama school during WAPA that was when I was like no I want this to be a practice of my life because those that I love and respect in the world that I often think that the, that which you admire in another person is something that's wish, like wishing to be expressed through you. And so a lot of the, the actors or the high-performance high athletes or um, just good human beings that I enjoyed, <laughs> spiritual teachers and all that stuff, uh, they, they meditated and I, I was really curious about that practice and so I dived into that and that's become like a, a given every morning is wake up and meditate. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think they're the two touchstones I can think of. Exercise is so important to me. Coming down and swimming, cold, hot, cold therapy is so beautiful. Yeah, you're pretty sauna. Great man for the sauna as well. Great man for the cold sea. I love it, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I guess the, the, those two in particular are the things that keep me grounded. That, like, I don't particularly – like, they're they're good because they dissolve anything that – well, it, it just aligns you with something that's – true in your heart that could never be taken away you know and you know a lot of uh the journey of the last couple of years since leaving drama school with the success i'm very grateful for like it it can like you know throw you around a little bit you know people are perceiving you in a way that is different to how you were five years ago but you're feeling the same person as you were five years ago and so uh, it's kind of like just, yeah, developing that sense of self and um, not based necessarily on where you came from or where you're going to or anything, just like, you know, how you are, who you are. And uh, that, yeah, I think that's... Um, I think you'd have lovely express... You, you'd have lovely express... Sorry, for, I was just going to say, and it's more just a comment, almost the irony of things you think things to create your keep yourself grounded are like things in the earth and very much in the material plane but often the things that the paradoxes that the things that can ground you are things like meditation which is almost connecting with spirit and connecting and dissolving ego and then journaling again kind of these esoteric practices ironic can be so grand and journaling is a beautiful one because you've got me into you got me into the artist way i think finally this year you've been talking about it for a couple of years but finally this year i've done it and i'm on day 57 Go I've, been, I've been on it for a few weeks now day 57 for a few weeks but i'm going to get you later <laughs> uh, but uh I, i'm really enjoying it it's pretty much like it's a book which is a 12-week process about unlocking more your creativity and you do three pages three morning pages every morning and then you're meant to go on an artist date every week which I've been kind of crap at but it's really about cultivating that inner curiosity which we all have and it, it is cool like I really mm. do enjoy it I'll sit there and write well I got Chris into it just recently my mate who's just visiting and you know it promotes so much beautiful discussion with your mates as well like we were talking recently about the difference between healing and creating and how like there isn't much of a difference the one only one implies that you know, you're lacking in some sense, you know? And I like the idea of like, regardless of what may have happened to you, obviously with awareness and love towards whatever part of yourself, you know, wants to evolve again, you know, you, you can you can create rather than, you know, think of healing as starting on the back foot, you know? And I found that really cool. We were speaking about that a lot. Um, it's almost like the wounded healer, you know, the irony of that, you know, to heal... I don't know. You know, this. Yeah. I just know from astrology, there's this character called Chiron who's called the wounded healer. And it's such a juxtaposition that someone who's wounded could actually heal. But maybe mm. it's that a bit like you hear people who have cancer, they go, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Some people do because mm. it kind of, the, it opens up cracks for the light to come in to where you kind of realize what's important and what's not important. And 
where to focus your energy. And I think, yeah. A hundred percent. And that's like, you know, what all the teachers say, you know, like everything happens for a reason. You can't make a mistake. Like yeah. any relationship that comes into your sphere, like whether it be a rough sandpaper that's just smoothing out the edges, whether it be beautiful water just guiding you a different way. It's like it's all kind of meant to be. You got to just trust the process and receive with grace as best as possible. And have you always had, because like, you know, we've kind of been very much of mm. that ilk that kind of have a deep f trust in life. And, mm. and we kind of say part of it is down to our twinship being twins. We, we've always had this mm. person supporting us. So it's always been about fun and cr yeah. creativity and play. And, and you always knew if you fell down a hole, there was always, Dave, will you pull me out? Yeah, there was you always know, someone yeah, there. And you've got so the same. Fun. You've got like you've got an incredible capacity to see whatever life's coming at you and kind of just dance with it and go. And this is for your own evolution as opposed to, you know, it's very, it's very easy in modern life to be, you know, a paper bag in the wind that you're blown along and uh -huh. good things happen. You feel good. Bad things happen. You feel bad. Yeah. There's the ups and downs. Whereas like, you've got a good, now you've been fortunate in that, as you say, you're very grateful for your successes, but there's. Oh, but like still, like I've gone, like I mentioned earlier, like when I first met you, I was going through one of the biggest mental and emotional experience I've ever gone through. And like, in terms of, you know, a low that like I never thought I'd experience and you know I was coming home from Vikings you know which is objectively a very successful set a very successful gig I was number one on the call sheet and like you know I'd come home and I'd literally crawl up the stairs and cry in a ball in the kitchen like <laughs> I don't know what was going on with my 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 emotional experience but you know there was a lot going on around the world a lot going on back home and um, a lot of helplessness that I felt. And um, I, I know during the start of that experience, um, I felt like the only way, you know, to get over this is to go through it, you know. But then I got addicted to going through it. And that's why I think I, that's why I mentioned that healing thing, the healing and creating is like, when you're in like this healing uh, trap of like, you know, I got to do all the things, I got to do all the things, I got to do all the things. It's like, it's like you'll be, you'll be happy and full when you reach this. But like when you're in that, in that hamster wheel, like you never actually reach it. And obviously a lot of the practice point, practices point to just being here now. But um, yeah. I, 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 and then like, yeah, couldn't be more grateful for both of you you know, and, and the community here in Greystones and the life I was, I was welcomed into with open arms, like that really helped and doing all um, those things. But yeah, internally, despite it all, I, had, I certainly had a trust that it was all going to be for a reason. I, like you said, with the, the idea of uh, the wounded healer, um, when you're in those places, you like the, before then I could never be compassionate to someone who had depression as much as I could be now, not labeling that I had depression. I don't know what I had and I try not to label it, but um, I, there was no way I could be compassionate or understand someone that had been through, that, that, that has gone through a sorrowful moment the way I can now, or even like walking past an ice cream store during that time and Andre Bocelli was playing in the ice cream store and I started crying. I didn't know why, you know, I used to listen. I used to see my mum cry at all these things. 
I'm like, why are you crying? It's a beautiful song, but like it just hits a point in your heart and you're just like, oh my God, like you can't help but cry. Um, and so, yeah, uh, like still like. Um, your sensitivity is inspiring. Oh, yeah. cheers. Cheers. In a time when sensitivity is often seen as a negative thing, you know, in modern day society, at least the world, a lot of the world I grew up, sensitivity was a negative. There was a negative connotation. Why are you so sensitive? Yeah. Why are you giving out and moaning so much? Whereas the but more sensitive, the more you the feel. The more aware, the more attuned you are, your, your capacity to feel life and experience mm. this amazing journey that we're on. And I think sensitivity gives the ability to be more empathetic and to feel mm. others and to tune into a room. And, and I, I started listening to my favorite book, uh, is the surrender experiment at the moment Marcus, anyway. Yeah. And I started back listening to it yesterday and he was talking about, you know, life has this incredible capacity, you know, like it, it, you know, plants grow, trees go like, you know, a single cell is fertilized and it becomes a baby, you know, and we're like life happens so much yet. So much of us are going around trying to control life and force our will on it. And this book is about this guy's adventure of just surrendering completely and being in flow with life and, uh, and ultimately it's down to the sensitivity, like the more sensitive we are, the more we can feel the subtle call of life. And mm. in spite of what we think we should be doing, we can therefore surrender and be in non-resistance and be in flow of life. And it's, it's a beautiful reminder. And as you know, sensitivity being a superpower, like it really does kind of highlight that idea that. And that's a, that's a, a, an aspect of the artists or the artists that I appreciate most, you know, and even all the, the athletes that I appreciate most, you know, that there is a, an acute sensitivity jeff buckley like he has some amazing quotes on it and he just was always looking to be you know open to receive you know and i think that's really beautiful because you receive both you know some hardships but also the beautiful joys of life and on that um uh the the surrender experiment in terms of like the seeds and all that stuff like that's such a that's the creative force of life and I love that uh, if you're if you're listening to that, those subtle calls, like they're always calling you to express yourself in the most beautiful, loving way. And uh, that's like such a that's the, I feel like that's our natural essence is to create and to like and there's something flowing through us. Like it's almost like going back to the first podcast that I ever sat you with, sat with you guys with. Like it's. It's not you that can own the creativity. Creativity flows and you're just a vessel for it in the time that it comes to you. And I it's like that. It's an easier that. way to think of it, isn't it? it? It It's so much like it's not about you <laughs> and you can make it so much personal. It's so personal and, you know, there's such a uh, overemphasis on hard work or, you know, but like the stuff that is pulling you is usually the easiest when you have to push yourself <laughs> Like sometimes it's like, maybe don't go down there. Trust the pool and go, go towards that. Yeah. So lovely. Like that. Could, could you talk even about your, your relationship with creativity? Because, you know, I, I've admired the fact that you consider yourself an artist. Like you're not an actor, you're an artist, which is like, you know, to, to two, jo two ex-jocks, it was like an artist. Yeah. An artist. What's an Who artist? Do you think you Who are? We were just our mother. Our mother yeah. would have said do that. You have right. highfalutin thoughts about yourself, like an artist. You know, and that, that would have been the kind of how we would have brought up with the word. But I, 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 I really <laughs> admire the fact that you kind of like you know you are you are really interested in art and like you're writing. You've written a poetry book which you haven't published, which uh, I've read it and it's it's beautiful. 
and you're into t-shirts, you're into clothing, sustainable clothing, you're into like creativity is something that you are, you're really in, like you're, you're ripe with creativity and expression around that. Could you talk a little bit your creative process, particularly like if anyone's listening is kind of going, oh, creative, I'm not creative. Like I'm, I'm good with numbers or whatever. It I'm might not be. an artist. Mm. I'm not an artist. And maybe even if you could talk a little bit about that, because I think that's, you, you've kind of, you're good at that one. Mm, well, I, yeah, I could certainly point in a few directions. I mean, Julia, Julia Cameron is amazing at articulating that. And so is uh, Stephen Pressfield. Who, Julia Cameron's the artist. artist way, way, and yeah. and uh, Stephen Pressfield wrote a book called, uh, the, the war of art, you know, and that, that's quite cool. And I think... Uh, I'm pretty sure he's married to... Um, I don't know, I'll tell you now. Rich, Rich, Roll, Rich Roll just um, spoke to him. I'm pretty sure it is. I think is. he's like, one of Rich Roll's like, favorites. Good mates. Anyway, I'm, I'm going off on the side, sorry. No, it's all right. Um, but uh, yeah, I think, uh, again, it's kind of just... Uh, trusting the call and going with it having uh, i think you guys are incredible at it every time an idea sparks within you you guys are so quick to take the first step in that action that's a really cool quality that i admire in you guys and i think um yeah where i think if you don't create you if you don't create hmm let me think We'll just cut this bit for a bit <laughs> let me have a think Pressfield, i don't think it's the same guys do you Good okay. try that. Should we start from the question yeah, start again? again? Yeah, start start from the, the what is cre- you know yeah, your creative. creative expression, Sam. Yeah, so I suppose I can point you in a few different directions. We can uh, like Julia Cameron, who wrote The Artist's Way, is obviously a big star in my heart, and Stephen Pressfield, who wrote The um, War of Art, is also incredible. He he has like this in this book. There's like three sections to it, which is um, identifying resistance. Uh, turning pro and the higher realms and within the resistance like it's just all the excuses and and the, and the procrastinations that we put in front of ourselves whether it be not good enough whether it be uh who am i to and then you know to quote marianne williamson who are you not to you know like just get amongst it and uh you never regret it it's like uh you always it's such a a process and a progress and like I love when I see uh, some of my mates who are literally just playing with ideas and then all of a sudden that play becomes fruits, you know, or even the art that I did for the Ukraine and for the floods in Australia, like they were just doodles that I had on my iPad and then I was like, well, what if I put these out there and raise 10K already for, for these causes and it's pretty unreal that like, like my dad would say, oh, you love playing around on that thing, don't you? And now... It's gone to something that's that, that's making a little bit of a difference, you know. Um, and then the turning pro aspect was like saying like, you know, I struggle saying I'm an artist still, but like just saying, yes, I am, you know. Like if you're a writer, what does a writer do? He writes, you know. And so just, you know, making use of the labels as opposed to the labels using you, you know. Yeah, because you're certainly good. Like because, you know, as I said, jock to actor, and then you're a writer, like you are, you're a really good writer, like, and I admire your writing. And then like you talk about music, like, yeah, I think you can explore music. And it's like, you fucking legend, good <laughs> on you, having another crack. It's like Michael Jordan, like you're like an, a world-class basketball. And it's like, I think I'm going to be the best in the world of baseball too now. Like it's cool. Like, it's really <laughs> no, maybe cool. go, maybe go. <laughs> it's really cool to watch, you know, someone being so curious. It's a bit like, and you're very good at this, Steve, like that. You pick something you, you up and go, Asher, I'll just have a go at it. And then you're like, you're, you learned another language or something then. And it's really nice to see that kind of trait. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, yeah. I just I, I so admire musicians. I admire art and poetry because that's like an expression that's straight from the heart. Whereas acting, like you're using your whole vessel, your experience of life to express these words that aren't yours, though. And so, like, there is a little bit of a filter there. Whereas all the other forms are like pure from the soul, like your expression and how you wish to deliver a message to the world. And I, I'm really fascinated with that. And yeah. Uh, Again, music I'm just playing with. <laughs> yeah, and but it, whether exactly. or not fruits come, like I don't mind because I really enjoy the play. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, I think that's as okay. Much okay, can I, can I go on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're uh, you're on flow. But like one thing is say, and this is something that I can't remember his name, Daniel Day Lewis. Hmm. Like had to at one point go off and become a cobbler. So the story is anyway. The urban myth had to go off to to Florence and become a cobbler hmm. to kind of in an effort to kind of have a simple job where he could try to connect with who he was and mm. the very act of continuously playing the part of others, possibly he forgot who he was. Mm. And I just wonder how do you, and I know you've only had a few, you're kind of, you know, you're still young and excited yeah, yeah, to this. Uh, how does one balance that, the, the, the taking on the role of other people? Like t- this mm. morning we were having a great chat. We were having coffee after the swim and um, Sam, we were, Sam was, a, you know, it was just a really exciting chat with Sarah and Sam and talking about different actors. And we're talking about some who like literally totally changed their body shape and then changed it back in a number of weeks, method acting. And it was just like, and you were lit up with it. It was like, Sam would do something like that. Wow. I don't think I'd do something like that. <laughs> but it was just beautiful to hear. So how do you how do you take that on, the ability to become someone else but not lose yourself in the process? Uh, it's a mix. Like sometimes you want to be taken, you know. Sometimes, like to quote Daniel Day-Lewis, it's like a welcomed haunting. Like your house is haunted and you want it to be. And this is the first time I've ever played a role over like, like we're shooting season three right now and I've been playing the same role for three years and everything that happens to me as Sam, I'm like, oh, wow, how can I relate this to Leaf? You know, how can I relate this to what I'm doing right now? And uh, sometimes that's a little like off-putting, like space is certainly needed. And during the breaks that we've had, because it's been, you know, how the world has been, I've, I've usually found myself in Byron Bay just with with mates who... Um. yeah, really reflect and reveal parts of myself that make me feel me, you know. So the kind of routine would be waking up, meditating, going for a surf, having a beautiful feed, going to the gym or going for a massive hike. Um, yeah, and just doing the things that really light your heart up. And that's when I wrote the poetry book or I pretty much had the poetry book written. It was all kind of like reminders to myself as I was going to bed and all of a sudden I had like, you know, 70, 80 little poems. Um, and then, and then yeah, get a little creative like that, that, that felt really nice for me to ha- have on the side and who knows where that will go. It might just be something that I share with my mates and my family, but, um, yeah, I think, uh, and then also like going to your farm guys the other day, like that felt so good. Going to constant new experiences that constantly reveal new parts of yourself, which are really cool. I like that. Like traveling this year has been cool because the world's open. To be able to go to London and just walk those streets, be able to go to Portugal and just walk those streets and see what adventures ensue. See what adventures ensue. See, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, meet some full time, fun times in London. 
yeah, I, 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 I'm still, I'm still understanding myself on that. I, I don't know how to stay myself sometimes. Well, I, I think we all are. Like you know, the idea of the self, at least but my I, limited experience, yeah. is continuously changing. How I exactly. relate to myself and how say. my place is in the world. Yeah, we're and so multi. We're life. so more multifaceted than we give ourselves credit for. And often, yeah. like part of me, like as I become more aware of myself and this might be going a little too philosophical for those listening, but the idea that we're all one and the idea that yeah. ultimately we're different fingers of the same hand talking to one another. Yeah, there you and go. the more we can, I don't know, tune into that, the more we realize how multifaceted and how well, multidimensional that, we are. That would relate back to the faith and the trust and mm. the, you know, because if we are all fingers of the same hand expressing, you know, What's the, like, mm. if you are to write a poem book, well, why would you be afraid? Because it's all the same hand anyway. Yeah, you know? are you returning to your sense of self or the sense of There's self? <laughs> now we're going very philosophical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably unrelated. No, I used to have this thing there. Like, people that I meet, I used to think that I've met them before, even though I hadn't, or I'd been them before. When I was a kid, back when I was a kid, I used to think, oh, I've been you before. It was so strange. And then I That's had... That's like sixth sense, kind of. Yeah, and then I had, like, there, there was a big moment where I had, like like a, a flick this might be yeah this is very woo woo but i had a flick where like it felt like i'd been myself before and so like i couldn't take ownership that i'd been someone else before i was cleopatra in a past life you know <laughs> it was like no like life's lived through us all you know and we're 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 just like constant new expressions of life yeah <laughs> good one yeah i like on. that okay final one i definitely want to talk about because i know you've got great influences and sources of inspiration. And I know like it probably starts back to your uncle yeah. and then there's other fellow Aussies that inspire you. And I'd love you could talk about them and how you kind of, how they inspire you and how mm. you kind of use them as it, as the archer kind of pulls the bow back. Like they inspire you to go mm. forward and be more of who you are. Yeah. I think, uh, like I said, th that which I admire in others, uh, I feel like is something in me that's desiring to be expressed, whether that become, like that, that can even be expressed through being vegan, you know. Like I'm also vegan. Good man. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but um, but uh, but also like uh, in in my creative aspects, yeah. Uh, my uncle, he had a lot going for him as a musician and an artist and as a human, but un unfortunately, alcohol took him away a little too soon. Uh, but his passing. Uh, gifted me like such gratitude for the opportunities that I had. And so I always wanted to honor him through the life I was living. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and that's that's a big thing that I, I love and appreciate. And uh, is he someone who you kind of like, you, you mentioned when you're journaling, you actually yeah. kind of have conversation. Is he someone who you'd kind of go? 100%. Yeah. Very yunky. He wasn't very present in my life physically, but since he's passed spiritually, he's everywhere. And he was there <laughs> like, like when I pick up a guitar, my mom would be like, oh, your hands look just like Chris's or um, like my middle name's Christian, his name. And so like, yeah, in, in hidden ways, he was always present. But uh, yeah. And then. That's your mom's brother. That's my mom's brother. Yeah. 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 And then. um Artist-wise, yeah, a fellow Aussie would be Heath Ledger. I really appreciate that he's he leans into the commercial, but is so like the things that excites his soul are on the fringe, and he plays all sorts of characters, even though you could easily box him into the the pretty guy. Um, and that that's a, the inspiration for me. And then Jeff Buckley as an artist, I think he's like one of the ones that is willing to go to the depths, wits, and heights in order to express something that's. Um, uh, you know, that 
you know, when it hits, it feels like part of you that's been missing, but it just fits right in the, in, in your heart. And I love that. Um, but yeah, I'm constantly inspired by people. Yeah. But they're, they're, they're two of my big inspirations. Two consistents. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Maya Angelou as well. well I don't know her. She's oh. a writer, isn't she? Yeah. She's a, she's a poet. Yeah, she's got it incredible. We'll read some tonight at dinner. Okay, dear. <laughs> Romance. And then uh, you've been vegan now for a few, for a yes. period. How did that come about? Can you talk briefly and about that before? And not drinking. Yes. And not drinking, yeah. Yeah, yeah quite a shift. Wow. Yeah. Uh, drama school, each character, I explored, like we did five plays a year in second and third year. And each character, I wanted to explore a different diet, different way of training, different, like completely, like you see how much I could dive into a different way of being. And uh the last, the start of the, the, my last year of drama school, oh, I, I don't know. I'd always admired vegans and vegetarians when I was younger, but like there was such a, I don't know, a stigma around it for athletes, I guess, because I was an athlete. And uh, yeah, I just like, uh, I don't know. I, I, I was at, it was a Christmas table. It was full of all sorts of animals and, I had all the family there and I was just like, oh, I don't think I can do this anymore. And so I made a, a scrambled tofu, like stir fry situation. and For Christmas dinner? For Christmas lunch. And it felt so light and happy and everyone, obviously it's a day of gluttony at times and everyone was stuffed and I, I was like, sweet. Gloating around the place, gone. What are we going to do? Living the dream. And then I was like, I'll try this for a month. Got to the month, I was like, I'll try it for three. And then... I just haven't looked back and it's been about four and a half years and yeah, just, uh, in so many ways, health, environmental, ethical, it just feels right for me. Uh, just like I can't even, yeah, I can't see myself living any other way now. It just feels natural. And like all the, all the, like you just dive into a lot of people were hesitant because they feel like they'll be tired. They won't be as athletic, just like, just three months of like doing a little bit of the research, you know, as you're going, learning, listening to the Happy Pair podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like you learn, it, it becomes pretty intuitive and then you don't even look back. Um, and then, yeah, the non-drinking came um, a couple years ago. Yeah, it's about the second year now. And before then, I was only drinking like six or seven times a year anyway. And before then, like I did have certainly during drama school some, the first year in especially like, you know, I was like, I, I started drinking quite late and so I went in pretty hard. And then, you know, that's when I, you know, when you go to the corner of the party in the backyard and you're taking a piss by yourself and you you look up at the stars and that's when I'd like have my moment with my uncle going and my uncle would be like, watch yourself, mate, watch yourself. Wow. And so I'd like, I'd slowly started uh, reeling that back in and um, yeah, that's so ingrained in our culture to do so. But like, it's funny, like all the things that were once like rebellious to do, it's rebellious to do the opposite now. You know, like it used to be, rebellious to drink and smoke and be self-destructive but now it's actually rebellious to look after yourself and serve humanity good analogy <laughs> i kind of like that and uh yeah there's something cheeky and rebellious about being willing enough to be yourself <laughs> yeah i love that beautiful that's a nice place to end it sure. sam you're beautiful any you're final beautiful. thoughts final thoughts final um, ponderings Big crescendo, like big massive climax. 
What is What's words? for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Probably sweet potato and tofu. On salad. <laughs> sounds good. Should we figure it out in the fly? Beautiful. I haven't uh, got to the farm on the way home. Yeah. Love it. Cool. Sounds, sounds good. good. Samo, we love you. You're beautiful. You're wonderful. Kindred spirit. Uh, we're always here for you. And yeah. others. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Cheers. you. Cheers. I really appreciate it. Thanks yeah. for having us on the podcast. <laughs>